Welcome to the Wellsteading Podcast. This is episode 205. It's September 2016. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. In this episode, I'll be continuing our Labor Day Entrepreneur Series, and I'll specifically be talking about developing products and services. Aside from fear of the unknown, that's the next biggest hurdle that I think that entrepreneurs have And it comes down to that age-old question about, you know, I want to be self-employed. I want to have my own enterprise. I'm just not exactly sure what that should be. Well, much like I talk about investing principles, there's no one right way to make money. I don't think there's only one stock strategy that works. Because it's not only about the strategy, but it's about the individual that employs it. And so, if you're a very gregarious, outgoing, extroverted person, you may not do as well. In fact, you probably won't do as well in some type of a career or uh, an enterprise that you start that involves working in a remote location or some type of solitude or, or something like an actuarial business. Let's assume that your neighbor is very successful, very prosperous, and he's a uh, has an actuarial business where he's running numbers and he's digging down into spreadsheets and, and it involves a lot of thought and a lot of analysis and 90% of his time spent at work is crunching numbers on a computer and he has no interaction with human beings. And maybe it works great for him and maybe he makes $200,000 a year. But again, if you're that outgoing, gregarious, very extroverted person that wants to be out among people 24-7 and involved in conversations and partying and just all types of human interaction, well, you're probably not going to succeed at that very analytical actuarial job. It doesn't matter how much that uh, job pays. It doesn't matter how much a company like that can create in value. It doesn't matter how much of in demand those type skills are. Because if you're that extroverted person, you're going to be miserable in it. You're going to be wanting to talk to people on the phone, go out with, to, to lunch with people. You're going to want to go play golf with your associates. You're not going to want to spend your life staring at a spreadsheet. But for the other person, the person that has more of an analytical mind, the person that likes to dig down into data and find relationships and solve those type problems when they deal with, you know, numerical numbers and figures and and draw charts, well, they'll love that type of a job and they'll excel at it. So the important, and I think the most crucial part about you as a budding entrepreneur, someone that wants to start their own business or start their own enterprise, don't get caught up in what other people are doing. And this is really hard because it's not only the peer pressure side of it, but you're going to find yourself constantly marketed to by entire industries that try and sell services and businesses to entrepreneurs. I mean, that's how the whole franchise system works. And it isn't that that's a ripoff or there's anything wrong with owning a franchise or with the people that sell or promote franchises. But you have to remember, if someone is trying to sell you a franchise or they're trying to sell you some kind of a work-from-home company or they're trying to get you into some type of a a multi-level marketing organization, it isn't that any of that stuff works or doesn't work or that it's a scam or that it's on the up-and-up. What you have to realize is, is that they're going to push that on you because that's their agenda. That's their worldview. That's how they make their money. And obviously, people's opinions and thoughts are always deeply influenced by the source of their income. And so, of course, they're going to think that their multi-level marketing organization is the best ever. Or they're going to believe that their automotive franchise is what you should be putting your retirement money in. 
or if they're selling commercial real estate, they're going to believe that the property that they want you to buy is the best one for you. And it may well be. But your job as that budding entrepreneur is to sort the wheat from the chaff, right? To figure out what's BS and figure out what's real. And it's a very difficult thing to do because you've got the peer pressure of people that are currently successful in that field, or I guess even the corollary to that, the peer pressure from people that have not been successful in that field. So you either have people telling you, oh, that's a great idea because it works for me, or you're going to have people telling you, no, that's a horrible idea. Everybody I know tried that, failed at it. Well, that doesn't mean that you will fail. So you've got to sort that out. And then you also have to maneuver through this minefield of everybody trying to sell you a product or a service. Remember, you're going to be starting a business that makes you money. You don't care about making other people money. So take a very skeptical and jaded eye view of things that people are offering you in terms of business opportunities. I always like to say that if that's such a great business opportunity, why are they spending their time and effort trying to get you to buy into it instead of just selling that product or service themselves? So be very cautious when you're dealing with business brokers and and franchise distributors and all those kind of people. Now, without knowing you personally, I can't tell you whether a particular franchise or a particular service business is going to fit your personality whether you'd like it or whether you'd be good at it. I don't know you personally. And so in this episode, I can't say, hey, these are the top five hottest businesses in 2016. And these are the ones that you should start. I mean, whenever you see a magazine or a a website headline like that, just turn the page, close down that uh, window, click beyond it. That's BS because it doesn't matter what the five best things are if they're no good for you. Again, if you don't like them or if they're not suited to your, your type of talents and abilities. So what do you do? Well, start with this premise. Every successful business is successful because they offer valuable products and services. It's really that simple. It's about providing products and services that consumers believe are valuable and are willing to compensate you for. Now, it can get very complicated because we live in a world with 7 billion people and here in the United States, over 300 million people, and they're all engaged in commerce. So that's the complicated part about it, but the beautiful part about it, the part that should excite you as a budding entrepreneur, is the fact that you have so many consumers. Your consumers could be selling to the government. It could be selling to the federal government, the state government, local government, or your business could be totally the other way around. It could be just selling to small, individual, one-off consumers. You could have a, a stand at the farmer's market where you're just selling to your neighbors. Or it could be somewhere in between. Instead of selling to a large government organization or instead of selling to a local neighbor, maybe you're selling to the business community. Are you selling to local businesses through the Chamber of Commerce, you know, to the small local businesses, or are you selling to large corporations? Are you focused on selling to professional organizations, say like uh, attorneys or real estate agents or people in the financial industry? Or are you focused on selling to the trades? You know, are you selling to carpenters and plumbers and electricians? Again, the complexity of our system is the beauty of it. And that's why I think for people that really want to be an entrepreneur, the sky is the limit meaning that things are limitless because our economy is so large and so diverse that anybody can carve out a niche for themselves if they're willing to put in the work and create the product and service that's in demand. So if you want to start your own business, but you're not sure what it is, you don't know whether you should start a franchise or whether you should just put up a shingle and start your own accounting business because that's what you currently do in your daytime job, 
or maybe you want to grow fresh organic produce and sell that in your community or repair computers or make candles, you know, whatever it is, there's no right answer with any of that. All those businesses that I just mentioned can all be successful because those are products and services that people are currently buying. So the best way for you to approach this is to begin by asking yourself, what type of product or service would you enjoy creating or selling? And is that product or service in demand in your community? Now, again, since I don't know you, I don't know what product or services you're going to like selling. You have to figure that on your, on your own. But once you do that, then start determining if there's a need for that and if that's a market that you can reach. Now, fortunately, we live in a very digital internet world, and it's much easier to determine whether there's a a demand or a need for a product or service because we can research it by never even leaving our house. We can just bring up the internet and see what people are currently selling. If you know that people are currently buying cars, then there's a high likelihood that if you had the capitalization and you could create a new car, people would probably buy it. Or on the other side of that, since people are buying cars, then it's likely that you could perhaps start a new or used car business selling existing cars that are being manufactured. And since people are purchasing cars, those cars likely are breaking down. And so, again, most likely there's probably a demand for the service for mechanics to fix those cars or for people to sell parts to the mechanics that fix the cars for consumers who have automobile problems. You see, this just goes on and on and on. Now, this may really sound like a very simple approach, but it is, in fact, the approach that works. Because once you can determine whether you like to deliver a product or service and you determine that there's a market for that product or service, then you can go back to overcoming the biggest problem, which is the fear that we talked about in the last episode, which is do you have the capitalization to get this enterprise up and running? Because if you have enough capital to take your idea and get it into an enterprise where it's selling products and services and generating a profit, then as long as you manage that business properly and stay up with current technology, you are by definition going to be running a successful enterprise. Now, I know some of you are saying, oh, John, you're oversimplifying it. Well, of course I'm oversimplifying it, but you need to find the niche that's right for you. In that automotive example I just used, Right? There's a million things just with cars where you could create your own business or you could buy into a franchise or buy an existing business that's servicing that market. From designing cars, to selling cars, to repairing cars, to running a junkyard and disposing of cars. And, and we're just talking about cars. Broaden that to transportation. Then you start talking about trucks and motorcycles and vans and buses and public transportation and airlines and seagoing vessels, and it snowballs and it goes on from there. So yes, it's very complicated because we have such a diverse economy, but the way you want to approach this is by just looking for the very small niche in what you have the desire and the talent and the ability to provide, and then moving in that direction. The reason I think that this is a simple approach to carry out is that you could say, well, if I want to get into an automotive or a retail type business, should I, should I buy a franchise? Well, look at the franchises that are being offered in that marketplace. And let's just say that they all cost a minimum of $100,000 to get into. Well, if you don't have $100,000, if you can't find anybody to loan you $100,000, or if you just have absolutely no access to getting $100,000 to pay that franchising fee, then it doesn't matter that that opportunity exists because it doesn't exist for you. 
And so that's a dead-end street. You just don't go down that cul-de-sac. You don't waste time thinking about it because it's not available and open to you. And that doesn't mean that you can't start another type of retail business or another type of automotive business, you know, maybe out of your garage or something, or maybe selling parts on the internet. But you've ruled out all those wonderful, great franchise opportunities simply because of the fact that you can't afford the franchise fee. So don't dwell on it. Don't focus on it. Don't worry about it. Put it out of your mind. Go back to what's in your sphere of influence. Try and determine what products and services you can offer and start from there. You're focusing on what you can do, not what you can't do. And so when I get questions from you in the Wellsteading audience, you're a very diverse group and you come from all types of backgrounds, people that have a lot of capital, people that don't have any capital at all. And the questions may range from, hey, do you think that I could be successful starting a business in my home selling homemade soap or homemade candles? Or the other extreme, someone with a great deal of capital may be asking me about the viability of you know, purchasing a manufacturing company in Vietnam. The bottom line on all those things, again, take it down to the simplicity of products and services. Are people currently buying that type of product and service now? Whether it's specific to that product or whether it's generally in that category. So just a minute ago, we talked about cars, automobiles. That's the transportation industry. Well, you can take that all the way to the other extreme and say people are still purchasing horses today for transportation, both in the forms of hobby and recreation, as well as, you know, some people still, like Amish people, use horses in their their farming operations. So the transportation sector does not only deal with planes, trains, and automobiles, but can also be with draft horses. I can assure you that there are people in all ends of that spectrum of transportation that have viable businesses that make money. So can you make money at home making candles or growing organic products? Or can you buy a gasket company in Vietnam and bring those products back to the United States and sell them for a profit? So generally, the way I answer those questions is that yes, if you're bringing a valuable product or service to a marketplace that exists, then most likely you can find a niche in there that's unique enough to your talents and abilities to make it work if you're willing to put in that commitment of time and effort to do it. It sounds like a simple approach, but trust me, over the last 30 years, I've met countless entrepreneurs that have done something that simple, and many of them did it back in the day before there was an internet. It's much easier to do today, and if you really want to put in the effort, I think you can do it too. The big question is, is can you make a profit on providing that product or service? And so that's what we'll cover in the next episode. So until then, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best of returns.